0: enemies, if you will, of nonstop victory, how you can defeat them, how you can walk in an overcoming way throughout your entire life. You don't have to go up, down, up, down, crisis, blessing, crisis, blessing. Uh, we're not, we're not confessing anything like that. It's never ending increase until Jesus comes. We are believing for non-stop blessing after blessing. It's like the Bible says, we go from grace unto grace, from victory to unto victory, from favor unto favor, from uh, faith unto faith. That's what we're believing for. And so we're standing on that kind of a confession. And it doesn't happen by accident. It happens because we believe and stand on the mighty word of God. And so I'm going to, as I said, I'm taking these next four days to show you that the devil's got no new tricks. And so it's not like you, every month you have to come up with another way to defeat something new he's created. It's, it's literally the same stuff all the time. And whether or not he tries to disguise it as something else, it's all the same. It's all the same. And so um, each one of these days we'll deal with a different thing. Today, I want to dig into this because one of the biggest things that I see happen to people, and especially seeing it now, is people allow a spirit of doubt to, to steal from them what God said is theirs. Now, this is a tactic that the enemy has literally used since the beginning, since the very beginning of time. And I want you to put it in the comments today, a spirit of doubt, a spirit of doubt. And I want to show you the, this fact that literally from the very Beginning that we have on record in the scripture. This is how the enemy has tried to work. This is why I want to deal with it first because the enemy used it first against God's children. And so we want to look, how do you come against this spirit of, the, of doubt that the enemy tries to sow? It tries to sow and bring division in your heart. And I want you to, Uh, look at what, what happened here. Uh, I'm in the book of Genesis and I want to show you how the enemy has used this from the start, from the very start. Uh, Genesis chapter three is where I'm starting today. Genesis chapter three. Now God had already created man, put him in the garden, woman in the garden. Look at this. Now we're in chapter three. Now the serpent was more crafty. This is verse one than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, look at this now. And he said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Look at that. So let me stop there just with verse one. He was more crafty, okay? So what did he do in his craftiness? The serpent used his craftiness to do what? Try to bring a spirit of doubt into Eve's heart. To try to bring a spirit of doubt into Eve's heart. And so he says this, did God really say, so there's the first uh, question that tries to plant doubt in her heart. Did God really say the devil starts to question God's word? He starts to question God's word. Did God really say? Starts there. But then I want you to notice what he does next. He doesn't just question God's word, but on top of that, he manipulates God's word. Did you notice? Did you notice what he did? He didn't just question God's word, he then went on to manipulate God's word. First tactic. Notice how he manipulates God's word. He said, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Okay. Well, stop there. That's not what God said. That is not what God said. What did God actually say? Well, Eve knows. And so she replies in verse two, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But look at this. But the serpent said to the woman, you'll not die. Come on. You'll not die. So, so now look, <laughs> three tactics. You see it. Questions God's word. Oh man, this will help you. Questions God's word. Manipulates God's word, and then what? Contradicts God's word. Man, get this in your spirit. Katrina said, "You have no idea how much I needed to hear this today. This is good. See the. Li- I, want, I want to explain something like Christina or Katrina just said, because I've seen other people commenting uh, today already. You say, man, I need this today.' I'm looking. You, you you understand? The Holy Spirit guides us. You know these teachings go out. I'm not just like picking and choosing things. I'm in prayer asking God, what is it that needs to be said to the victory tribe? So it's not going to be a surprise when the Lord ministers something to you through these teachings that you needed. You needed it in your spirit. And I'm so happy because that's how the Holy Spirit helps us through the teaching of God's word. And so Katrina, I'm happy to hear that. Others that wrote and said, this was for me today. I need this today. It is because the Holy Spirit is directing these things. Because he wants us to be built up in faith, wants us to be in position for victory. Amen. And so notice this. Number one, pop it in the comments. He questioned God's word. Number two, he manipulated God's word. Number three, contradicted God's word. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting, man. Questioned it manipulated it, contradicted it, questioned it, manipulated it, contradicted it. So, so we keep going. He said, you'll not surely die for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And then the eyes of both were opened, they knew they were naked, and they recognized that they'd sinned. So you see what happened here. Those three things, notice what it led to, right? Questioned God's word, manipulated God's word, contradicted God's word, which those three things ended up in what? disobeying God's word, man, that'll help somebody today. You questioned it. They manipulated it. They contradicted it, which then led to disobeying it led to disobeying it, which is where the failure came. That's where the, uh, that's where the, the loss came. That's where the fall of man happened. And what was the origin of that? Notice we're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, but the devil's still using the same tricks then that he's using now. And it's interesting to me because he's not a creator. He's not a creator. He just does the same things, hoping the same tricks will work. So they questioned it, they manipulated, contradicted it, and it led to disobeying it. And so I want to say, well, how, how does that, what does that do? The enemy was working extremely hard to sow doubt, the spirit of doubt into their heart to get them to doubt God's word, speaks to the mind, tries to put thoughts in the mind that will make you doubt God's holy inspired word. You see that, and that's good. AJ puts in the comments, Satan is a counterfeiter, not a creator. Excellent thought there. Satan is a counterfeiter, not a creator. And even if you look at the scripture, the Bible says in first Peter, that the enemy goes about as a roaring lion. Doesn't say he is one, right? Who who is the one who is a true lion? It's Christ, Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the lion, but the devil goes about like a roaring lion. Doesn't say he is one. Says he goes about prowling as a lion would. He wishes he was a lion, but Christ is the lion of the tribe of Judah, hallelujah. So he's not a creator, He's a counterfeiter. He's a counterfeiter. And so I want you to get this in your spirit. He worked hard to get into. Now, why is it? Why is it then that um, the Bible says that through one man, sin entered into the world? Because isn't it interesting? The first person to eat of the tree was Eve. It wasn't Adam. It was not Adam. No, but Eve, the Bible says, was deceived. But the Bible doesn't say Adam was deceived. Adam was not deceived. Adam actively disobeyed and knew what he was doing. She gave it to her husband. He knew what he was holding in his hand. He was there with her. He knew, and he actively disobeyed God's word. And the fall came through one man's sin. But then through one man's sacrifice, through one man's righteousness, we've got back the victory. That's Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The first Adam and the last Adam. So this spirit of doubt that the enemy tries to use, what is he doing? He's trying to get you, number one, to doubt God's word, to question it, to question it. Do you know how much that's happening today? Do you realize how much that's happening today? We have people today that are literally trying to rewrite the scripture. They're trying to rewrite the scripture today. You know, let me, let me just say this, and I know you know it because you're, you're part of the Victory Tribe, but just in case we've got anyone visiting, the Bible doesn't change because the culture changes. Amen. The, the Word of God doesn't change just because the culture changes changes. And that's so important to understand that God's word, it does not get modified just because things in the world are modified, just because people have different thoughts and ideas and start to do different things. And because the world is, if you will, disintegrating into wickedness before the return of Christ, that doesn't mean God's word will change. His word remains the same forever. In fact, Jesus said, Heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will never pass away. Christ's words, the word of God, it will never pass away, never comes to an end. In fact, it'll all be fulfilled, the Bible says. So the reason it's perfect is because it came out of God's mouth. The word came out of God's mouth. And so we know that's to be true. So if there's anything that can be trusted, it's the word of God let me say that again. If there's anything that can be trusted, it's the mighty word of God. Hallelujah. If there's anything that can be trusted, it is the mighty word of God. If you're just jumping on with us, we're talking about these four enemies that the the devil uses to try to steal the victory God has set aside for you. If you're just jumping on, share this broadcast with somebody, help them. This will be a blessing to their spirit. So The Bible says that the devil first tried to get them to question God's word, then manipulated God's word, then contradicted God's word, which led to disobeying God's word. So what happens? What takes place in this, the way this flows? Okay, let me tell you. So as they began to, and and let me just show you this, the same thing happens today. So what do people do? One thing people do is they'll misquote God's word. They'll misquote God's word. You ever heard people do that? They'll take a verse of scripture and they'll misquote it as though it is chapter and verse and then try to make a point based upon a misquoting of the scripture. How many have heard, you've probably heard people do it. Well, how many know, You know, I I don't wanna be blessed financially because how many know the Bible says that money is the root of all evil. How many have ever heard something like that happen? a misquotation of God's word, or sometimes a partial quotation of God's word. You know, I don't want to be blessed financially. You know, the, 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 you know, the Bible says money's the root of all evil. Where does the Bible say that money is the root of all evil? It doesn't say that, it doesn't say that at all. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The love of money, that's a big difference, man. That's a big difference there's a big difference between money being the root of all evil and the love of money being the root of all kinds of evil. Because if money itself was evil or having money was evil, then every Christian should give everything they have away and not have anything. They truly should take a vow of poverty if money itself was evil, but it's not evil. It's just an inanimate object. It's a tool. It's a tool. But the Bible does say that a love of money is the root of all kinds. You can't love money and love God at the same time. You cannot love money and love God. So what do we have there? There we have a misquotation of scripture that I'm sure, trust me, the enemy uses that all day long. of course, he wants to keep the body of Christ in a place of need. He wants to keep the body of Christ broken and poor. He wants to keep the body of Christ in a place with no resources to where we can't fulfill the vision that God called us to fulfill. Of course the devil wants that. So what would he do? The devil will try to manipulate, here we are with the second part here, manipulate God's word to try to get us to believe that things God has actually set aside for us is wicked for us to have. You shouldn't have it. You shouldn't have it. No, not not only should we have it, the Bible says that even the wealth of the wicked is stored up or laid up for the just. So God is, God is actually saying through his word, not only do I want you to be blessed, I'm storing up, laying up the wealth of the wicked to transfer into the hands of the righteous. So look, <clears throat> just to show you how this works, if that were true, that, Uh, manipulation of God's word, then why would God do something prophetically like transferring the wealth of the wicked into the hands of the righteous? Why would he do that knowing that money's a wicked or evil thing or the root of all evil things? God is not going to take something that's evil like that and put it into the hands of his children. That's not how God operates. God doesn't want to take wicked, sinful things and put them into the hands of his children. No, he wants to bless his children. But what he does not want, obviously, is for his children to have a love for things, a love for money. That's what's wicked. And it's the root, the Bible says, of all kinds of evil. And so see, can you see how a manipulation of God's word will put you into a place of doubt, not even understanding that You're doubting God's word. Look how slick that is. You see what the Bible said in Genesis three, he was the craftiest of all creatures. Look how crafty that is to try to get you to believe that it's actually God's word that says this so that you back away from the things God has for your life thinking that it's evil, that it's wicked when in, in reality it is not. It's the love of that thing that's wicked but the enemy wants to steal from you by deception Something God has set aside to bless you with. What a manipulation of God's word. And so you can see that there's a, that's the questioning of it because you've manipulated it. Now watch this. What about partial quotations? What about partial quotations of God's word? That's also something people do and it steals from you. It actually gets you to have a wrong expectation, a wrong expectation. If I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody misquote this by partially quoting it and, and then you know, they'll hear that somebody did had something happen to them or they'll hear that somebody had you know, some kind of a, an attack against their life or a, something w- went wrong and you know what they'll do? They'll say something like this. Well, you know, the Bible does say many are the afflictions of the righteous. Yes, the Bible does say that But what you're doing is you're giving me now a partial quotation of God's word. That's a partial quotation of God's holy word. And so, yes, it says that, but that's not all it says, (laughs) right? It does say that, but it's not all it says. What is the full quotation of that verse of scripture? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, that's a big, but that's a big, but it's like pastor Mike Hankins said before he passed away, he preached a message at his church called God's got big butts and he does not lie. <laughs> he cracked me up when he told me that, because let's, that's, that's a big, butt. you know, if you just stopped with many are the afflictions of the righteous, then You should just go around expecting afflictions. Just go around expecting afflictions all the time. I'm not going around expecting afflictions. Amen. I'm not going around expecting everything to go wrong in my life. They also misinterpret what that passage actually means about afflictions. Doesn't mean God's going to put sickness on you all the time. Doesn't mean that God doesn't do that. So... That's a big change when you quote the rest, but the Lord delivers them out of them all glory to God. So look, what does that full verse actually bring to you? Victory. That's the thing devil doesn't want you to have when you quote the whole verse. What does it bring victory? Amen. I'm with Erica. She said, expecting manifestations of victory. That's exactly what we're expecting in Jesus name. We're expecting manifestations of victory. Everywhere we go, every day we live, we're victorious people. Hallelujah. We're the victory tribe. That's what we're believing for. The the tribe of Judah from which we come, that's Jesus' tribe, that is the tribe of victory. They're the tribe of praise that brought the victory. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So notice... Whether it's a manipulation of God's word, a misquoting, like I told you before, money's the root of all, no, the Bible doesn't say that, or a partial quotation, right, that keeps back the victory side of what the Bible actually says, it's, a, it's still a manipulation of the understanding of God's word, and it's wicked, and the devil does it. The devil does it to try to keep us from the victory that God said belongs to us. Amen. It's like my friend Jake said in the comments, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Not some of the days, all the days expecting goodness and mercy every day. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, Jake. Say that because we are not expecting failures. We're not expecting uh, to be destroyed. We're not expecting drama. We're not expecting crisis. We're not expecting problems and issues. Oh, sure, the devil may attack, but we're victorious in every attack. We are victorious through every attack. Why? Because we hold in our hand the shield of faith, which will extinguish every fiery dart of the wicked one. Not some of them, every fiery dart. Glory to God. Every single one. I don't care which type the devil launches at you. It doesn't matter. That shield of faith, it's so powerful that it extinguishes every single attack of the devil. Hallelujah. And on, on the other side of your hand over here, you've got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So you're equipped today with the shield of faith on one side. And you've got the sword of the spirit on the other side. So you're equipped to extinguish every attack, but then to attack uh, on, on your own behalf. God doesn't just want you defending. He didn't stop after giving you armor and a shield. He also put in your hand a sword, glory to God. And that sword empowers you to take ground in the kingdom of God. That sword empowers you to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. You're called, I'm called to lay hold, grasp firmly eternal life by fighting the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. And you're empowered to do so. You're empowered to do so. And so you say, well, this, and of course this is happening all over the place, that the enemy is trying to get people to doubt the mighty word of God. Getting them to doubt, wants them to doubt. But see, here's the thing. Every time, even when God's getting ready to do a miracle, the enemy will try to send people to get you to doubt. Get you to doubt, right? I wanna show you something in Mark 5. Normally when we turn to Mark 5, uh, most people will talk about uh, the woman with the issue of blood. But I want you to remember something. There was another miracle in this passage, passage that Jesus did it was the daughter of Jairus who was like literally sick unto death the bible says sick unto death and um, Jesus was willing to go to Jairus's house to heal his daughter they're literally walking there they're on their way to Jairus's house for the miracle to take place and look what happens the bible says in uh, mark five thirty-five. while he was still speaking there came from the ruler's house some who said your daughter is dead now hold on they didn't just stop by giving the report your daughter is dead they didn't stop there there was something else they said which was out of place you ready for this Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? You know what that shows right there? That's just a straight up statement of doubt and unbelief. Because now what you're saying is that the teacher, who is Jesus Christ, has no power over death. That's what you're saying by that statement of doubt, that the teacher, who is Jesus Christ, has no power over death. Oh, she's dead now. Why trouble the teacher any further? Because the teacher is a dead raising teacher. Hallelujah. He carries the power of resurrection. That's why I'm troubling the teacher. As Jesus said, when he came to uh, Lazarus' tomb, and Lazarus had been dead four days, and he said to the sister, do you not believe that your brother's gonna rise again? She said, well, in the resurrection. See, in her mind, she was expecting the resurrection to just be a day on God's calendar when the dead dead will rise. But see, Jesus had to renew her mind and her thinking by saying, no, 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 I am the resurrection. I am the life, hallelujah. Ooh, I feel the anointing on that. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Glory to God. I am the resurrection. And so Jesus had to let her know, no, no, the resurrection is standing right in front of you. Resurrection power is standing right in front of you. You're not having to wait for a day. The day is here. The day is now because the resurrection showed up at your house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The resurrection showed up at your house. And that's right, AJ. That's what I've been preaching for years now. The resurrection isn't a day, it's a person. In fact, put that in the comments today. The resurrection isn't a day, it's a person. It's Christ. It's Jesus Christ. And so they said, why would you trouble the teacher any further? What a statement of doubt. So Jesus... Being the resurrection, had to then encourage Jairus by faith. And what did he tell him? After they were done with their confession, (laughs) why trouble the teacher any further? Verse 36 But overhearing what they said, Jesus said. Get that. Overhearing what they said, Jesus said. So Jesus said something that contradicted their unbelief. Look, Jesus said, do not fear, only believe. Do not fear, only believe. Only believe. Hallelujah. Good morning, Mike. Only believe. That's what we're declaring today. We're not going to doubt We're gonna only believe, I only believe. I only believe. All things are possible to them that believe, hallelujah. All things are possible. All things are possible to them that believe. We don't doubt, we believe. You know, it always makes me laugh when somebody comes up with a testimony and then they're like, hey, oh, listen, you're never gonna believe this. Don't tell me that, I'm a believer. That's what I do, I believe. I believe, hallelujah. I don't have any trouble believing I'm a believer. I'm a believer. And so, as you've heard me uh, mention before, one of the things that happens is that people, they have the, the, they make the mistake of taking their eyes off of the word of God, taking their eyes off of the promise And starting to factor in the world. They go from the word to the world. From the word to the world. And when they do, what happens? Their faith changes. Faith in the world is doubt to God's word. I don't know if anybody's ever said it like that to you before. But I want you to get it. Faith in the world is doubt to God's word. Faith in the world is doubt to God's word. Say, so what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is <clears throat> if Jairus had put faith in what those people said who came from his house, then he would have put doubt into what he believed about Jesus. He would have agreed with them. Well, why trouble the master any further? You're right, guys. Why should I trust the master any further? You know, It's too late now too late now I guess I should you know what Jesus go ahead and go back to the crowd it's too late I wish you could have got there I know you're a busy man I wish you could have got there before no if he would have put faith into what they were saying it would have been doubt to God's Word same with Peter when Peters in the boat and sees Jesus in the storm walking on the water and says to him, Lord, if it's really you, command me to come unto you. Command me to come unto you. Jesus just said, come, that's a word. That's a word. And Peter, it was enough for Peter. Just one word was enough for Peter to step out of the boat in the middle of a storm to begin to do the impossible. And he's moving forward toward Jesus, toward the word made flesh by faith that came from the word. But I want you to see, this is what happens to every person. Then there's a temptation to shift your eyes from God's word onto the world. And then to put the situations that you see in the world on the same level as God's word, and they're not. They are not. You look at the situations going on in this world and people raise them up to the same level of authority as God's word and they don't have that kind of authority just because something's factual doesn't mean it's truth I know that's hard to hear or or hard to understand for some people but let me break that down just because something is factual you know you might see something happen you might see you might get a, a report you might have diagnosis you might whatever it might be just because something's factual or that exists doesn't con number one it doesn't mean God's word is not true in fact this is not on the same level as this a diagnosis from a doctor is not on the same level as God's holy infinite indestructible word it's way down here God's words way God's words so far above you can't even see it in the camera shot you can't even see it in the camera shot why Because the Bible, the psalmist said that he has magnified or exalted his word even above his name. Get that in your heart, even above his name. So I, I can't even give you a proper illustration because the situations are so far down here, but the word is so high. It's so high because he's exalted it above his name. You can't even see it in the analogy. They're not on the same level. They're not on the same level. Your diagnosis from a specialist is not on the same level as God's Word. What you see happening in the uh, economy is not on the same level as God's Word. What you see happening in your family is not the same uh, and on the same level as God's Word. And this man had to realize it. And Peter had to realize it. Right? Be not afraid. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. So Peter, what did he do? Here's the mistake Peter made. He averted his gaze, <clears throat> changed his focus, took his eyes off of Jesus, and began to consider the wind and the waves. Oh man, I'm halfway now between the boat and Jesus. What was I thinking? <laughs> That's where like, what in the world? It's too far to go back. Jesus is over there. I'm in the middle. <clears throat> Look around. What was I thinking? It's like, I'm considering the size of the waves now. I'm looking at the wind. I'm looking at the, what in the world was I thinking getting out of the boat? He didn't think that when he got out of the boat, he wasn't thinking that when the word came to him or else he wouldn't have got out of the boat. Something sparked his heart when the word came to him that made him take an action toward the impossible. Man, I feel like dancing today. Glory to God. I feel like dancing today because a word came to Peter that made him take an action toward the impossible. That's us. Hallelujah. That is us. I said, that is us. Somebody push, make it personal. Say that is me. That is me. You're taking actions toward the impossible. You are taking actions toward the impossible. You are taking actions toward the impossible. That is me. That is me. That is me. Looking at Mike and Caitlin Laval, They sold everything just to move to Miracle Word Church. Whatever fit in their car. And then they came down in faith, believing. Glory to God. Believing. Taking steps towards the impossible. Amen, Erica. Amen, Patricia. Amen, Road. That is me. Literally, Nancy said, literally, that is me. That's right, because you're a faith person. You're a faith man, a faith woman. That's exactly right, that is you. And don't ever let anybody tell you it's not you. That's right, Hunter, that is you, Hunter. That is who you are, Hunter. Liz Mendez, that is who you are. You are the person who by the word takes steps towards the impossible, glory to God. I'll tell you what, that'll make you want to dance and run at the same time. And then I'm not going <clears> to <throat> take my eyes off the word and put them on the world and start to consider the waves and the wind. Who cares? Who cares? That's right, John Puma. That's right, Chanel Honeycutt. That's right, Katrina. That's right, Vicki. Come on, Kevin Bacon. It is you, it is you, Caitlin. That is, and look at how God does it. You know, John gave his testimony at prayer, then he gave it at the church, moved out to Oklahoma, started his own businesses in just a short period of time, 70 some thousand dollars worth of contracts, put together three properties that he ended up paying $100 each for to build homes on. I mean, come on, steps towards the impossible. (laughs) Hunter said, if I wasn't at work, I'd be shouting, my God. Maybe just shout, scare them all. Don't get fired, Hunter. (laughs) Don't get fired. That's you, Hannah Campbell. Hallelujah. That's you, Deb Dursey. We are those people. We're the ones that get the word, jump out of the boat, run towards the impossible. Faith people. Faith people in Jesus' name. Well, as Peter's standing out there, he's in the middle. Now, let me give you something that'll help you. yeah that's right trinity said uh uh when you said hundred dollars on sunday i thought did i hear that right that's exactly right that's what god did for john puma i mean imagine closing on three different properties for a hundred dollars each to build homes on those properties i mean that's stuff that only god gets the glory for only he gets the glory for that kind of stuff and so yes we're those people we're running toward the impossible thank you jesus and look, here, here we are. And this is what happens with everybody. Devil has no new tricks. Once again, no new tricks. No new tricks. In the middle of your obedience, in the middle of your faith, right? The devil tries to get you to shift your focus onto the waves. What is that? It just represents the world. What's going on in the world? He'll try to get you to shift your, uh, an AJ Bible, I know you're still on, Give me that, if you give me that reference real quick in Ecclesiastes, those that consider the, the, uh, the wind, those that consider the weather they, or are the clouds, they will not, they'll not. So, but, uh, the, the enemy tries to get you to shift your gaze and then you look, doesn't matter what it is, right? Doesn't matter if it's a diagnosis, doesn't matter if it's uh, negative things happening in your family, doesn't matter if it's stuff going on in the economy, whatever it might be. And that's exactly how the enemy works. He tries to then take you to get your eyes off of God's word and and believe that wholeheartedly. Say, yeah, but thank you, AJ. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, I know the Bible says that, you know, keep your ears open for this. I want you to keep your ears open for this. If you've got people all around you and you hear them saying things like, um, yeah, you know, I know the Bible says that, but. Keep your ears open for that. That's a red flag. Red flags on that one. Hear me. Red flags on that one. I know the Bible says that, but. In fact, write it so that you remember it. Because that's a massive red flag. I know the Bible says that, but. That's exactly, Liz said that's the wrong but. That's exactly right. That's not the kind of but God would use. That's a, That's a doubt and unbelief, but (laughs) I know the Bible says that, but no, 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 that's a red flag. That's a red flag. Red flag. Well, you know, I know the Bible says that, but you got to remember we live in a real world. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You think God wrote us scripture and gave it to us, inspired and inerrant, indestructible and infallible so that we could say, yeah, that's a wonderful thing, but you know, we live in a real world where real things happen. I can't stand that kind of talk. People say that kind of stuff. You know, I know, I know that's what we're believing and I know that's what the Bible says, but we live in a real society, in a real world, we're real, it's like, what do you think God gave us his word for? It manifests in the real world. It manifests in the natural realm. Glory to God. It is truth that is eternal, that is never, uh, never fades. It's never wrong. And when we put our faith in it, it manifests into the natural realm. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't let, if you hear people start to, they start with that. Oh man, just put it up in your spirit, red flag. I know the Bible says that, but. Yes, the Bible says it, and that's it. That's enough. I believe it. Right? That's right, Jake. That's right. You, what does the Word say? What does the Bible say? I had uh, A.J. looking at this verse for me. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 4. It's really what I, I want to show you. Ecclesiastes eleven four. verse 4. He who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. Always looking at the natural realm. Always looking at the natural realm. He who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not reap. Stop looking at the natural realm and making your decisions based on what's going on in the natural realm. There are things that the Lord has asked us to do, past and present. It's like uh, if we would have just considered the natural realm, we'd have never stepped forward to do anything. Never step forward to do anything, but you have to listen to the word of God. You have to believe in the midst of whatever you may see in the natural realm and believe God, believe God. I believe God. You know, that's an old song. That's an old school church song. Some of y'all may remember it. If you've been in church long enough, I believe God, I believe God, ask what you will. And it I don't even know if it was, uh, uh, what was his name? Brother David, um, somebody put his name in the comments. He, Dr. Rodney had him sing at the uh, ministers' conference. He's written so many songs. I'm trying to remember his, his full name. Ask what you will and it shall be done. Trust and obey. Believe God and say. I believe, I believe God. That's old school and it's very simple. I believe God. I believe God. David Engels, thank you, TJ. Ask what you will and it shall be done. Trust and obey. Believe God and say. I believe, I believe God. Yeah, that's David Ingalls. Thank you so much. That's simple. And I I think he wrote that song. I don't know if he wrote it, but I, I think he did. I believe God. I believe God. Ask what you will and it shall be done. Trust and obey. Believe God and say, I believe, I believe God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That puts tears in my eyes to sing that. I believe God, I believe God, ask what you will and it shall be done. Trust and obey, believe God and say, I believe, I believe God. That's very simple. That's how we do it. We read his word, we believe his word, we act on his word. (laughs) There comes a time in every person's life where you have to answer the question, whose report will you believe? And our answer is the victory tribe. We shall believe the report of the Lord. Glory to God. We shall, hallelujah, believe the report of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We shall believe the report of the Lord. So what do you do? What do you do? How do you um, combat that stuff? How do you combat that stuff? How do you step aside and say, I refuse refuse to believe? First of all, you keep your eyes on the Word of God. This is why it's so vital to build your faith through God's Word, right? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This is why I get on almost every single day with you in the morning to teach you the Word of God because I know that we as the Victory Tribe, we need to continually grow in faith. Yes, I enjoy it. Yes, I love being with you in these morning sessions. But more than anything, I know our faith needs to go to another level. It's ever-increasing faith. It's taking us higher and higher and higher. Amen. And that's why we do these. It's because we know our faith's going to another level, which means that our actions of faith are going to another level, which means that our manifestations are going to another level, and God's doing it by his power. Hallelujah. God's doing it by his power. And so first you fill yourself with the word of God. This is why it's a non-negotiable to read this word every day, but also on top of reading that word every day, listen to preaching and teaching. You know, one of the things that, that, I, that I, I, I'm not, I won't budge on this, is when people tell me that they don't have time to you know, listen to preaching and teaching. There's people that listen to the morning show all the way to work, there's people that'll, that'll uh, listen to uh, music while they're working. There's people that will uh, binge Netflix at night. There's people, all, there's all kinds of time. I've found that people made time for what they want to make time for. And we've done everything we can to make it as easy for you to receive a word of faith as possible. What have we done? Of course, we do these broadcasts every day, twice a day now. We air them, the morning and the night for your schedule. But what else? we put together the podcast so that at any time you can go back and listen to any of these messages uh, and they're they're all there just waiting for you. And then if you don't want to have to think to pick something, it's like, oh, there's so much content. I don't know what I should listen to. Then we put out Miracle Word Radio. (laughs) So you can literally go on the app, open up the Miracle Word app and click on 24-7 radio. And it just literally is playing for you nonstop. You never even have to think what should I listen to it's just playing so why why do I do that because I understand how important it is for us to get a word of faith in our spirit so that we continually increase in faith go to another level because God wants to do great things with us God is doing great things with us and so we're not backing down but in order to stay in faith you got to build your faith amen you got to build your faith build your faith you know it's interesting that faith is something that needs to be fed. Amen. That's wonderful, Heather. That is wonderful. I put my AirPods in and listen to Shuttlesworths <laughs> and worship constantly. There's a lot of Shuttlesworths. But, but get that. Faith is something that needs to be always be fed. Make a declaration. Do this. Make a vow to God right now. I will feed my faith. Just say it. Just make a vow, even if you write it in the comments. I will feed my faith. I will feed my faith. Glory to God. Woo! I will feed my faith. Fernando says, I put the earbuds in at work. There's a lot of people that do that. Amen, Benfo. I will feed my faith. Yes, Julie. Because it needs to be fed. It's like a muscle. You know, you can't work out at the gym one time and expect your body to look different. It is the constant process of working your body that makes the change. It's the constant process of working my faith, building my faith, that makes the change. Now, remember this. The world's message is on constant replay. Remember this. By default, the world's message of doubt and unbelief is on constant replay, which means that we must be combating that Daily with prayer and the word of God every day because you're going to hear the news. You're going to hear what co-workers say. You're going to hear what's going on in the culture. You're going to hear all that stuff on repeat every day of your life. So we have to be diligent to say I'm combating that pushing it out, but I'm filling myself with God's word and I'm filling myself with faith on a daily basis. Okay, but notice this. It's not just about what you hear because how is faith activated? How is faith activated? It is activated by speaking and action. Hallelujah. Faith is activated by speaking and by action. Let me say this before, before we do anything else today. Faith is activated by speaking and by action. I'll show you that in just a couple of places real quick. Mark chapter 11, we know this. This was Brother Hagin's life verse. Mark chapter 11. And let me read you verses 22 through 24. Jesus answered the disciples and said, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. That's Mark eleven twenty-two. So then he goes on to describe what it looks like to have faith in God. Mark eleven twenty two 22 and 23 and 24. So how does he describe it? Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, who what? Whoever says, it's not about the fact that you just believe it. You got to say something. You don't just believe something. You got to say something. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and be thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. He, but believes that what he says, you see that, believes that what he says, believes that what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Faith is released and activated by speaking, by speaking and by actions. Look now, verse 24. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I see New Day Christian Center of Midland, Texas. Said amen, word of faith in a nutshell. Amen. Amen. It's released by speaking and action. What did the apostles say? Second uh, Corinthians chapter four. Second Corinthians chapter four. Let's read it together. If you remember in 2020, I went hard on this. We did the spirit of faith sessions and we did not stop for like weeks and weeks, did not stop. And then we went from the spirit of faith to starting to talk about dominion over the devil. And we did not stop. And those playlists are still available on YouTube for you to go back and watch if you missed it. I had so many people write and say, man, those sessions saved me during COVID because I had a spirit of fear hit me came upon me I didn't know what was going to happen and we tuned in twice a day to the spirit of faith sessions and the dominion over the devil sessions and I've had so many people tell me man that changed me during that time that's cuz the word it's not me the word of god changes you the word of god changes you look 2 Corinthians 4:13 since we have the same spirit of faith glory <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah! I just felt a breakthrough right there. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh glory to God <laughs> Oh thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Ha ah, since we have the same spirit of faith, glory to God. oh yes you do. Yes, I do. We have the same spirit of faith according to what has been what? Written. It's based on the word of God. I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. Glory to God. And so we also speak. And so we also speak. Hallelujah. Whew. Hallelujah. Notice that faith released by what? Speaking. Speaking. By speaking, I don't say what the world says. I don't talk like everybody else talks. I say what the Bible says. We believe, therefore we speak. Ha ha, (laughs) hallelujah. Glory to God. I feel the breakthrough on that. We believe, therefore we speak. Let me give you one more, I'm gonna pray for you. Joshua chapter one, This, this is, I mean, think about this. All the way in the old covenant, all the way in the old covenant, Joshua taking over leadership from Moses for the children of Israel headed toward the promised land. And God's commissioning Joshua for this new post. It's a miracle that the whole nation of Israel shifted their loyalty from Moses to Joshua. I know you feel it in California, Linan. I feel it here in the studio. Let's just lift our hands and thank God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of faith. We thank you for the spirit of faith. We thank you for the spirit of faith. <laughs> hallelujah. We thank you for the spirit of faith. We thank you for the spirit of faith. We thank you for the spirit of faith. Glory to God. We believe and we speak. We believe and we speak. We believe and we speak. Thank you, Jesus. We believe and we speak. Oh, hallelujah. He spoke to Joshua as he was gonna be the leader of the nation of Israel. And uh, notice verse eight, it's a very interesting verse. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous And you'll have good success. I find it so interesting that God instructed Joshua. Remember, the book of the law is all they had of the word of God at the time. Call it whatever you want. You know, the the Pentateuch, whatever. The book of the law. That's all they had at the time. They don't have, they didn't have all we have now. But he said, this book of the law shall not depart. He didn't say from your heart. He didn't say from your mind. He said, it shall not depart from your mouth. Glory to God. It'll not depart from your mouth, but you'll meditate upon it day and night so that you may be careful to do. Notice that. Speaking, meditating, doing. Speaking, meditating, doing. If I could give you those three things, how do we combat a spirit of doubt and unbelief, which causes people to miss out on what God has for them. By speaking, by meditating, by doing. Three things, speaking, meditating, doing. When the word of God comes into your spirit, you gotta speak it, you gotta meditate on it, you gotta do it. You gotta speak it, you gotta meditate on it, you gotta do it. You gotta speak it, you gotta meditate on it, you gotta do it. Even when Jesus did that, when temptation came, he said, no Satan, it is written. What's he doing? He's speaking what he's already been meditating on. He's doing what he's already been meditating on. It's speaking the word, meditating on the word, doing the word, speaking the word, meditating on the word, doing the word. Hallelujah. This spirit of doubt is not coming upon. Let me, let me tell you something. There's a, there are Christians who operate in doubt and unbelief. It's displeasing to God, but there are Christians, people that are on their way to heaven, they operate in a spirit of doubt and unbelief. They allow that mindset. So that's why if we're talking like, like we've been declaring, this is our year of transformation, then let me tell you something. The key with this, with this transformation is do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The only thing that can renew your mind is this word. We put it in and this washing of water by the word, renews our mind and then we can meditate on it we can speak it we can do it we can meditate on it we can speak it we can do it hallelujah we can meditate on it we can speak it we can do it glory to God and things change when you declare the Word of God when you stand on the word when you act on the word things change they change drastically and that's what I was telling you at the beginning, that your situation is not on the same li- level as the Word of God. The Word of God is so far out of sight on the equation, you can't even see it. It's been exalted above His name. Your, your situation is so far below, you can't even see in the camera shot. You can't even see the illustration because it's so far removed. And the truth of God's Word changes the facts of this world. Hallelujah changes the facts of this world. Jesus name. I'll finish with this story. My father was holding a revival and there was a woman who came to the revival each night, but her husband did not want her coming uh, to church or anything. And he would get drunk and beat his wife, beat her mercilessly. And she'd come with bruises and all kinds of stuff to church. And uh, during the revival, she was coming in and one night she had been, you know, beaten. Well, there was a, a, a police officer who also attended the church and my father was uh, getting ready to minister. And uh, here he comes in the back of the church with his uniform on and he's bringing the lady through and she's in custody. This lady that's been beaten by her husband, she's in custody and she's covered in blood. And um, the officer said, you know, I had to go to, and arrest her tonight. Her husband came home, began to beat her again. She took a pair of scissors and stabbed him in the chest and stomach multiple times. And she's covered in blood. And so I had to, had to uh, arrest her, she's in custody. And they're rushing him to the emergency room. And she said, uh, because they both attended the revival, she asked, uh, could you just bring me by the church and have Brother Ted pray? He said, I brought her, pray, pray Brother Ted. My father prayed for this woman in the back of the church, that God would uh, touch her husband, touch her, that things would be supernaturally turned around. And um, this testimony is so mind-blowing. They get the husband to the ICU. They take the scissors and cut the shirt off. There's puncture holes all through the shirt where she stabbed him. Blood all over his shirt. They take the, the shears, cut his shirt off, and they look, and there are no stab wounds in the guy's body. None. Not one. They're still trying to figure out where the blood came from. Where the blood came from. And so, they're Fully And literally perfect not one issue they they take her back obviously release her because there's no stab wounds in the guy supernaturally they both come back to the revival the next night together restored come to the altar giving their hearts to Jesus hallelujah now that's you talk about a, a miracle story of faith changing the natural realm changing the natural realm this woman was on her way to prison he was on his way to the grave And then God, by faith, intervened. His body is miraculously healed. She's off the hook. Back they come to revival and give their hearts to Jesus to be reconciled and serve the Lord. Let me tell you, faith changes the natural realm. Hallelujah. Faith changes the natural realm. Glory to God. Father, I'm praying today for every person watching me, for all those listening to me. We refuse to let The situations of this world, looking at the waves, looking at the wind, it will not derail us from our faith in Jesus name. It will not derail us from our faith in Jesus name. We speak the word, we meditate on the word, we act on the word in the name of Jesus Christ. And so Lord, whatever it was that the enemy was trying to use to fill their minds, their hearts with doubt and unbelief, to try to doubt the word you've already given them, Lord, today, I pray that you would inspire, through this message, a new faith in their heart. I pray that take their faith to another level in Jesus' name. We will not be defeated. We are not going from crisis to crisis, issue to issue, drama to drama. It's not our story in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, today, we declare by the power of God, we're going to another level. We're going to another level. This is our year of transformation in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we give you all praise and all glory for what you're doing in the name that's above every name, Jesus. And if you believe that today, I want you to throw your hands up in the comments. I want you to give God some praise wherever you are. Give him some thanks wherever you're at right now. And again, I'm taking this whole week through Friday to deal with these four areas. Today was part one. Spirit of doubt that the enemy uses to try to stop you from walking in never-ending victory. Walking in never-ending victory. You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer through Christ Jesus. Declare it today. I am more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer, and I believe God's word. Hallelujah, I believe God's word. Thank you, Jesus.